This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Hello, everyone! Welcome to Bounty Hunt, a UTD Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe for the last time for a little bit. But I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me to talk all about a very emotional episode of Star Wars Television is the full crew on a Sunday evening, starting off with Dr. Corey Helton. What's hello. up, buddy? Hello, hello. Uh, doing good, doing good. Uh, man can't believe Kenobi came and went. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, June seemed to be especially fast because of this. But yes, uh, we lost our man just as soon as we found him. But luckily, the one constant we have is the presence of Dr. Charles Hankel. I'm still here. I'm still, still here. here. I'm wearing a polo. Uh, I just want to throw that out there because <laughs> Eric fine. brought it up. This is the fanciest <laughs> I've ever been on this show except for the Utini Awards. The Utinis. <laughs> You decided uh, to dress uh, respectfully for the, for the finale. Yeah, I mean, to say goodbye, you know, paying my respects to Obi-Wan for, uh, I don't know, hopefully not the last time, but we'll see. We will find out. Uh, Ewan may be done. Obi-Wan may be done. But as constant as the North Star to wandering sailors is the presence of Wes Jenkins. Hello, everyone. Um, I am, uh, I am without words. <laughs> to say at the ending of this show, but um, it's hot outside. It is so damn hot <laughs> that, in fact, um, we had to cut fishing ship short yesterday. Had came in at about noon because it was nearly ninety-five degrees on the water, which is oh freaking unheard of. God, so, um, but we had a wonderful time. So, <laughs> well, good. I hope uh, all y'all are staying safe. Uh, whether it be heat, whether it be whatever's going on, we hope that we're going to give you a little bit of cool air emotionally and physically during this show. Uh, we can't do it physically. Just turn your air up or get a fan. But if this is your first <laughs> bounty hunt, I apologize. This is not our best intro, but it is a great show. We go through all the Star Wars shows on Disney+. Plus. We're going to give you a brief recap, spoiler-filled, Complete spoilers here on out. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for all of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what we loved. We're going to talk about little bits and pieces. A uh, quick disclaimer before we begin today's show. Today is going to be about part six of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we're going to go through it as we normally do. <clears throat> However, next Monday... So not tomorrow, June 27th, but the first show of July on The Living Force. We are actually going to do a full show all about Obi-Wan Kenobi um, on that show for our other main feed. I know that we have a lot of overlap. A lot of you listen to both shows. We really appreciate it. But we'd like to go a little deeper into like kind of the whole universe of Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe some book recommendations, things like that. So stay tuned next week. Today is going to be mostly about episode six. All right, guys. Um, I mean, let's just jump into it. This was such a full dense episode and this is what happened in episode 6 of Obi-Wan Kenobi we open on Reva landing on Tatooine looking for Owen Lars as Vader chases Obi-Wan and the fleeing refugees through space Roken confides in Obi-Wan that they may not be able to outrun the Empire and Obi-Wan tells Leia he has to leave and she is the future 
Back on Tatooine, Obi or Owen is warned of Reva's inquiries, and he and Baru begin to arm up for their arrival. Baru is not leaving her home, and she is ready to freaking kick some ass. Obi-Wan, meanwhile, gives Leia Tala's holster and charges Haja with getting Leia home safe. He then leaves, lands on a nearby planet, and Obi-Wan stands to face Vader straight on. He will do what he must, as he strikes the classic pose of General Kenobi. The two battle intensely, using sabers and the Force, and their fight is interspersed with Reva's attack on the Lars homestead. Owen and Brew hold Reva off as best they can, but eventually she chases Luke into the Dune Sea. Obi-Wan and Vader are far more evenly matched than their last battle, but Vader eventually subdues Obi-Wan again, nearly crushing him with boulders. As the rocks almost crush him, Obi-Wan imagines Leia and Luke and finds the strength to rise again and chase after Vader. Filled with new vigor and the full power of the Force, Obi-Wan attacks Vader's suit, commands an armada of boulders to fly against him, and eventually slashes open his mask, revealing a scarred Anakin Skywalker. The two former brothers share a heartbreaking conversation as Obi-Wan apologizes to his old friend for all of it, and Vader reveals that it was not Obi-Wan who killed Anakin, it was him. Vader gasps for breath, and Obi-Wan leaves him once again, calling him Darth forevermore. Reva then catches up to Luke on Tatooine, and with the chance to cut him down, she sees him not as a Skywalker child, but as a frightened kid from the Jedi Temple herself. She stays her blade before carrying him home to the homestead. She breaks down in Obi-Wan's arms, asking if she has now become Vader, but no. She has risen above him, and her path is now her own. Back on Mustafar, Palpatine, what's up, Papa Palps, questions Vader's obsession with Kenobi, but Vader says he is no longer a concern, and he only lives to serve the Emperor. Back on Alderaan, Leia shows off her new holster to her mother and father, but they have a surprise for her, a visit from her dear friend, Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan and our Lord and Savior Bail Organa embrace before he and Leia are afforded a true goodbye, and Obi-Wan tells Leia how she best embodies the traits of both her mother and her father. Obi-Wan returns to Tatooine a changed man. He tells Owen that Luke will be safe in the care of his aunt and uncle, but Owen asks if Ben wants to meet him. Obi-Wan walks over to the boy and simply says, Hello there. Atop his AOP, Obi-Wan rides off into the desert in search of new adventures and finds what he has been waiting for, the force ghost of his old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. They have quite a way to go. That's it, guy. Okay. No, boy. Ooh, okay. Beautiful. Not good. Not good. <laughs> um, um, uh, let's just go around. Base thoughts. Charles, start with you, man. This is the last episode. How'd, how'd they do? I loved it. I loved every episode up to this point, and I really felt like for the story that they were telling, they finished it really strongly. And that was important because things haven't all been planned out, haven't always necessarily finished strongly in recent years, but they did this, I think, from front to back really, really well. There are still those little tiny things that you can nitpick or say, well, why'd they do this versus this? Those are always going to be there. But at the end of the day, what this episode delivered on more than absolutely anything were those character moments. And that's why we're watching this show. We're watching the show because we love Obi-Wan Kenobi dearly, because we love Anakin Skywalker dearly. And we've dreamed about these years in between trilogies for so long. And now we got those answers. Huge, huge payoff. I, I think that just overall, the creators of these shows are improving with everyone that they do. And I, I'm just excited. 
amazing. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I will uh, totally echo that. Like, this was the Obi-Wan story that was always sort of missing, I feel like. I mean, like like you say, Charles, you can get nitpicky about some of this, some of the subtle things they did, editing and effects and CGI and maybe small character moments, quote-unquote plot holes, things like that. But, like, I feel like overall, like... It, it was just a fantastic story from start to finish, which hasn't really been the case in every single Star Wars project. There's been yeah. stuff that seems to take things off the rails and things like that. And this was just, you know, six episodes of really concise storytelling that really went from point A to point B. And man, the payoff was really good. The finale was phenomenal. I really loved it. Um, you know, overall, I just feel that they totally nailed the show. I couldn't have asked for anything else. And I was left not with wanting in any way. Like, I just feel like everything satisfied me perfectly. And, uh, you know, we, we had to manage our expectations. We tried and failed with the show. <laughs> and I feel like I was justly rewarded. It, it just felt like it was just a, a great project from start to finish. Yeah. Wes? Yeah. So, uh, speaking solely for this episode that um, we saw in the finale, um, we did get, I feel like we got everything that helped mesh the characters from episode three into episode four. Most notably, Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. And for me, they did they did what I, what I needed them to do to help me see that... Darth Vader in the suit is Anakin Skywalker. They did a very... Even if they didn't do what they did in this episode with having Anakin's face in, that you could see through the helmet, hear his voice go back and forth with the vocoder, um, they did a phenomenal job through episodes one through five of doing that without having to do this, but this was just cherry on top, creme de la creme. They did an amazing job. I mean, the camera shots... Just notably, all of the like all of the camera shots, all of the CGI, all of the um, appearances of the characters involved in this is so over the top from a movie making standpoint. Um, I just can't wait to see what they're gonna do like in six months from now because it's, technology is advancing so fast. Yeah, I, I I'm in complete agreement with you guys, and I'll I'll take it one step further. I think that. Episodes 5 and 6 of Obi-Wan Kenobi sit up there with parts 1 and 2 of Twilight of the Apprentice from Rebels, the last two episodes of the Siege of Mandalore and <laughs> I Clone thought you were going to just say Twilight. Twilight, Breaking <laughs> Dawn, parts 1 and 2. Um, uh, in the way that I think episodes 5 and 6, I think, are two back-to-back 10 out of 10s for me and, and had such an impressive package of work um, that by the end of this, I, I told a bunch of folks on the team, and I, I think I've said this publicly elsewhere, uh, I didn't physically cry as much watching a Star Wars project as I did watching episode six than maybe, I don't know, the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Like, th- like this yeah. episode, specifically this one, got me, um, especially <clears throat> in the Obi-Wan um, Anakin conversation, really. Mm-hmm. Um that I know we'll get into details later on. Uh, but then, of course, all the epilogue stuff, which is kind of what I'll call it, you know, all the going to Alderaan, going to Tatooine, like, they just did such a great job. And and beat for beat, I agree, the technical execution by Deborah Chow, by the writing team, by the effects team, was just incredible. I just think it was absolutely being learned of all the things from Mando, but Boba Fett, as they've been using the volume more, as they've been uh, working and workshopping this technology, it's like what George has always done, right? Is, is 
from the very beginning, I want to make this tech, and then with each episode of Star Wars I do, or each movie I produce, we're going to make it better and better and better. And if this is where we are now, after, what, year three or four of doing this? Like, I can... I, <laughs> it's ridiculous to think of where we're going to go from here on. Um, yeah. But I, but I want to touch on something that you guys said uh about episode four, right? Because I think we we talked early in Bounty Hunt that the earliest episodes of this show were doing a ton of episode three, like, vibes. Like, it was prequel kid vibes, and we were very much getting that idea. And now I think we would agree that this series has probably now altered episode four more than episode three, I mean, in a great way. So where do you guys think Obi-Wan, Leia, and Vader specifically, how do they now change for you in A New Hope after having watched this series? Well, I think the the giant thing is that I never in a million years dreamed that we would ever get this content is the relationship between Leia and when she recognizes Ben's name and like, oh, Ben, ben Kenobi, Kenobi, he's here. Like, yes, <laughs> like that, that, that just got, that has a total new meaning for me now. Like, I, you know, I never would have guessed that the Kenobi show would give us, you know, a, a definite define the relationship between who Ben Kenobi is and 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 Leia and like like I'm never gonna be able to look at that the same after this. Yeah, yeah. I think is that. Go ahead, Wes. I was just gonna say the we uh, the scene when Obi Wan is sitting down with Luke and he says Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father uh-huh. is completely canonized. Yeah, they kept it. They kept the the essence of that whole scene together with what they put in uh, this last episode yep. episode uh, yeah, for six. sure so I mm-hmm. yeah for me I think like you were saying earlier was now when you see Vader you do think that's Anakin in the suit it, mm-hmm. in a similar way as big of an Obi-Wan fan as I am Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan on its own ne- like that never <clears throat> that's not what made Obi-Wan my favorite character that that was sure. Sure. Mr. McGregor himself. So, mm-hmm. in the same way, now I've I've gone back and I've rewatched Obi Wan's sacrifice scene, and that little smile when he looks over and sees Luke and Leia together, and you just think like that's that payoff moment for him where he's like, "My job is done. Like this is what all of it was yeah. for." Yeah. And just being able to look at that little smile and think back to the events of this of this series, I mean, that's just added tremendous depth to that just that little look i mean that's how is there how is there how are we all the i mean how many years has it been like close to 45 50 or 45 years right like like how is there how are there any details left in that original film that we can still fill in the gaps how are we still doing this all this time later it's insane like yeah it, what's it, left? It, it, are we gonna get? A, are we gonna get a whole? Are we gonna get a whole like TV show about the about the T 16s or something now? Like I mean, we, best. we better. It's just insane <laughs> to me that we are still telling that same story. That was what locked this in as being the premier sci fi franchise of human history. Like it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think what, what this is going to do for me as well, in addition to like the Le- the Leia and the Obi Wan, I think are absolutely the biggest changes for me. But especially after this episode, every time we see Vader now, he has been so much more threatening in this series to me than he's ever been before. And now mm-hmm. I think knowing what Vader is, knowing his actual power, knowing his malice, and I think in this episode, literally watching him admit to murdering Anakin. 
like yeah. in, in that in that way as the light literally shifts from blue to red is like yeah. gonna make that first scene of him walking out of the Tantivy freaking terrifying so i'm like oh my gosh this is the guy and this is like the guy that 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 I saw kill Anakin that has talked to Obi-Wan and I am so excited to watch A New Hope again and just watch their conversation in the hallway to just see what that means to me now to be like you know I was the master or when you because when you left me we all thought oh that's on Mustafar no 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 that's now this new planet you left me on my literal knees and and, and you walked away and refused to, to grant me the honor of a death and like you know showed me mercy again and I think that's going to be so interesting to carry in. And also, I want to see what it feels like watching Leia um, console Luke after Kenobi's death. Mm-hmm. I want to see, because obviously, obviously, this was not part of the script in 77. We get that. Yeah. George was like, well, actually, Leia knew, like, come on. But I'm interested <laughs> to see if there's any, like, projecting we can put on Carrie's performance in her eyes when she's consoling Luke to see if I can find that and maybe fit that in. I think that'll be really fun to play yeah. with that. Well, um, and you mentioned the the dialogue in the hallway, and I want to bring that up because there was a lot of talk, right, about mm-hmm. how there were others. This doesn't make sense anymore because all this happened in this and that, and and they did a really good job, I think, of tying up loose ends there and making yeah. things yep. make sense. But yep. even beyond what I expected, because the fact it is weird if you think back that Obi Wan says only a master of evil, Darth. Like that he calls yeah, him Darth, but calls now, him Darth, yeah. not only did he mm-hmm. do it in this show as well, but the reason he did it is because he said, my friend is truly dead. Like you are not Anakin, yeah. you are yeah. Darth Vader. Like like, it, th- like that's your first and last name to me now. Right, like you are right. Darth and Vader, yeah, that's you know incredible. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's not, a, it's not even like a retcon. It's just like a, it's like a, a subtle nod to the dialogue being a little out of whack. Like they, they must have yep. really gone yeah. through every single moment between Obi-Wan and any character basically in episode four and like really s- like tried to play with that to see how they could make it all tie together better. And like everything yeah. that Obi-Wan says is is interestingly like put together in this show of like, you know, you told me Vader destroyed my father killed and murdered my father and he says well that was true from a certain point of view and it yeah. is it is true mm-hmm. it's not a joke it's not yeah. just like a and goofy it's not he a joke that they make word. fun of <laughs> yes it's not a joke anymore like like have you guys seen that i think it's a, a robot chicken skit i think from a certain point of view i think it's robot chicken yeah where they sang the song obi-wan and yoda sing the song from a certain yep. point of view about how anything and luke's point is like that's the stupidest shit i've ever heard of like anything could be <laughs> yeah. construed like that but like no now it literally makes sense anakin exact yep. words were I or Vader's exact words were I destroyed Anakin so mm-hmm. I just yeah. I'm just I'm just blown away with the with the dialogue and the writing the script if Steven is listening <laughs> I loved it yeah yeah, yeah. and I think it's really it, it, it's so cool that way because we have we have read the dichotomy of Anakin and Vader in the books a lot like like in Thrawn Alliances and other things like Vader when you're reading him in a Star Wars novel talks about Anakin as another person as the mm-hmm. Jedi it's not him remembering his memories there's really a separation mentally uh, and I think that's way easier to write than it is to show until now now I'm like oh I guess that's that's how you do it was how they did it in this episode I thought that was perfect um, and I want to ask you guys more about that that fight specifically because obviously that's the showcase of this episode there's a lot to love here but the actual rematch of the century as they they put it on Twitter and that was always the big thing that was going to happen mm. um, <clears throat> the, the actual fight I want to talk about between Vader and Obi-Wan how did this 
lightsaber forge battle sequence for you guys compare to their other duels. Um, I mean, even Mustafar and the Death Star and the first one, like they've yeah. actually fought a weird amount of times. Yeah, they but have. I thought this one was yeah. was just incredible. Yeah, I think this is. I think to me, it's crazy. You guys might think this is nuts, but to me, I think this this lightsaber combat like is the closest to the epicness of the Revenge of the Sith lightsaber fight like at the very end of it that's that's in existence in Star Wars now in live action anyway like I agree it was long it was there were force powers like it was like an epic lightsaber battle and like absolutely the most dueling we've ever seen Vader do like I mean yeah. that was oh, yeah. awesome <laughs> we've never seen Vader duel somebody he just comes in and ruthlessly kills everybody right so like yeah I don't know. He had two hands on the saber at one point too, and I was like, "Oh, he did no. two hands like, on the saber." I think this first time we've ever seen him do that. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, have we ever seen him lose? No. A well, duel? Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah. He, yeah. When he's, yeah, <laughs> when he actually dies. Yeah, that's fair. But okay, well, oh, he only had to lose once. Yeah, but but <laughs> you know, but really, it was it was jarring, wasn't it? Like to yeah, actually see that yeah. happen. But I love how they did it, where. You know, it wasn't necessarily that Obi-Wan... I think there are a lot of reasons Obi-Wan won, and we can run through those. Mm -hmm. Part of it, I think, was the reason behind why he was fighting. Because you mentioned yeah. in the recap, Eric, when he's when he's under the boulders, at first he's thinking about Anakin and all the hateful things Anakin said over the years uh -huh. and all the stuff that led him down the dark side, and that did not give him the power to get yeah. out of that situation. Mm -hmm. It was not until he <clears throat> thought about Luke and Leia and, and the future, the hope for the future, the new hope, right? That yeah. is what gave him the power to get out there and then go and beat Vader's behind. So, you know, that was really cool. That was a big moment. Also, he didn't just like... Uh, he didn't just like overpower Vader. He did it right. strategically by attacking the suit and getting it back to just yeah. Anakin, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The exactly. Smacking of the suit and then hearing Vader oh, yeah. try to breathe, like God, yes, God, God. The, like, the hearing those gears struggling to let him breathe. Yeah. I mean, it was visceral. Like it, it was. It was. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it really like it highlighted what Anakin said of that that. Vader, I killed him. Like, I killed Anakin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, he's gone. Like, all that's left is this machine that keeps the old body alive. Like, yeah. it was incredible. I mean, yeah. there's so and many it, subtle details in there. It was really awesome. Yeah, and, and I and I love that they did lean more into the, the epic side of the fight because we are kind of seeing these two, really for maybe the only time, both fighting kind of at the peak of their power, essentially. Like, Obi-Wan is fully in tune with the force by the end i mean using all the rocks and everything like that and then vader at this point is still incredibly strong in the dark side like yeah this this rock oh, moment my gosh which is such a but it wasn't even a i am gonna kill you i am gonna lose it's like no i am so connected with the entire universe now mm -hmm. with every boulder you know it's in the rocks it's in the tree like yeah. this is yeah. what yoda meant this is this is this that. is yeah this is obi-wan yeah. has like realized like his connection to the force is still there you know like this yes. is the this it is the epic him exactly this is the master that was there once before and and now he's back right and like i yeah. feel like he he figured that out earlier but this is like i'm facing vader i'm facing my demons i'm facing like my past like and i still have the force as my ally right like and yeah. it was just and that's the interesting thing too right is that with 
with Star Wars, what we've learned more and more is that there, there's not just people who are super powerful in the Force. Like, it does matter what the will of the Force is, too, and it can work through people. So, yep. just like what I felt like that moment mirrored was Ray lifting all those boulders to let what was left of, you know, the Resistance escape at the end of uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessary, you know, and everyone freaked out or a lot of people freaked out about that and some of her other force powers. It's not about that. It's not about who it is, right? It's about like, this is the will of the force working through these people. So I, I love that parallel. Yeah. I thought it was really incredible and so well done. And I love the way you, you, you phrased that too. Uh, earlier, Charles, uh, I want to talk about my, my favorite scene here in a second, but I really want to hit on obi-wan's use of of hope in the future rather than fear of the past mm-hmm. because i think that for the last 10 years his his you know his solitude on tatooine has been so based in fear of luke being found and you can see it in the first episodes when he even when he's working that little job and going to his aop everywhere he turns he's like a little jittery he's a little worried like he's always so afraid everywhere he goes and fear is the number one thing he can't do as a jedi right it's why he loses his connection mm-hmm. it's why it's hard and I think there's such a, a beautiful parallel to that with the, with the real world. I mean, Star Wars is always trying to teach us, right? It's always trying to help us out. And I think there is that thing when, the, when things that happen can be so scary and so hard that if you are so consumed with fear, then you, you can't act. You can't actually connect to anything. But if you look towards the future and are like, okay, w- there is hope, there is light, and I can do, like, opening yourself up to the universe to accept help and accept power is, like, such a beautiful thing that has been there since George wrote the freaking manuscript. But I, I truly don't think I saw it as palpably as I had in this episode. So I, I love that you framed it that way, and I really liked that a lot. Um, can I guess what your favorite scene is? <clears throat> yeah, man. Is it. it is it when that guy was like, "You can wait your turn. You can have the water when I'm done." <laughs> oh, no, don't Dude, get me there. Listen, that that was so that was so out of out of out of out of pocket. I think is the phrase, right? He was out of pocket. It was. It was, was so like it's like what the hell is happening with this guy, <laughs> this man? Guy. This, is, this was so random. This was in here. I love that. Like this this was such a small writing thing because this guy was a dick earlier in this earlier in the show. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I love that Reva just like saw him in the stomach right and then what she yeah, did well, she, she like punch she, him she, she used the force and she like basically threw his water cup out and like gave him a little shove yeah and she's like i yeah. can kill you with a thought you're not worth my time <laughs> <laughs> so charles oh, i gotta man. say close second close okay second. all right um my, my favorite scene is the scene that i without any sort of qualification or irony i believe ewan mcgregor should be nominated for an emmy for for a limited series um and it's the uh once Vader's helmet is slashed and they had that talk. Um, Ewan McGregor, this... Yes. God, Wes, no scene. warning at all. Just throws it up there. Um, Ewan McGregor being completely open in this moment on a huge close-up and saying, I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it is, I think, for my money, the best acted moment in any Star Wars property. Period. Yeah, it was so good. That was yeah. my favorite. That was definitely was my really favorite rich. part of the of the whole show. Of the, not of the whole show. I would say of this episode. Just that would it meant so much because mm-hmm. he said it before in episode three. He said, "I'm sorry, Anakin. I failed you," and we felt it. But yeah. this, I mean, the close up, and he said it twice, and I was like, "Damn it! I'm yeah. glad I'm alone." 
Yeah. And that's after he says, you know, I am not your failure, Obi Wan. Yeah, that was beautiful. And he's like looking at him, and it's so weird because it's such a, it's such a, it's a hard thing to hear because like, no, 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 you could not have saved Anakin because Vader already did that. But it's also kind of an absolution of guilt for Obi-Wan. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you didn't do this. And I wonder if that last bit of Anakin inside is trying to help his old master in that moment. Yeah, I wonder and, that. And, and, and Obi-Wan is Ooh. like, I know I'm talking to Darth Vader here, but there's a glimmer of blue light. There's a glimmer of Anakin Skywalker, and he needs to know I'm sorry and I love him. There's, and that's the last thing he ever says to him. There's some really interesting stuff in there, too, that I've seen that I didn't necessarily pick up the first time I watched it. And, Eric, I think you brought some of this up, but the side of the mask that was destroyed was the opposite of what was destroyed against Ahsoka. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And yep. his eye is actually blue, like Anakin blue, when he's saying some of the things that sound more like Anakin. And then when he once again becomes Vader, the eye is yellow, and they bathe his face in the red light of his saber. I mean, it was, yeah. there are layers to it, man. They are yeah, layers. They really are. Yeah, his yes. face is blue see. right here, and it turns mm-hmm. red in a second here. Yeah, uh, and just, Obi-Wan representing the light of being blue, and then it fades, and now it's dark again. I'm watching the scene, too, over here. It's like, yeah, yeah so he, turns, <laughs> he turns red. He says, the same way I will destroy you. It's just like, there are so many layers to this. I also love the fact that, that Obi-Wan, like, like totally utterly kicks his ass right before this like at, when he after he comes out of the when he gets out of the hole with all yep. the rocks and stuff it's like there's like a level of of fierceness to Obi-Wan's fighting that like he didn't have on, on Mustafar like he was in denial yep. and it's like now he's he's found and he realizes what he has to do right yep. like yeah and he's like, fighting Vader now 100% and I think on Mustafar yeah. he's still trying to not kill Anakin every time mm-hmm. but now he's yeah. trying to save Leia and Luke and yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's it, and I just don't know. We've we've not really seen Obi Wan on the offense very often, like the true aggressive yeah. offense, like no mercy, and like he really kicked his ass. Like he, he threw Vader like at a rock. You remember that? that like was, he with the force, yeah. like <laughs> that it was incredible. To like Vader. he totally yes, right. he threw him at a rock, and then all the rocks flying at him. Like it was just a lot of he does a lot of Obi Wan. He does yeah. a lot of stabs, which are not usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was rich, man. Utterly. Isn't I know, I know we got a bunch of friends in the chat. I know our buddy Jared in the chat might know this, and you guys might know this. Uh, I know Obi Wan's fighting lightsaber fighting style is very specifically the one that is based in defense. Yeah, um, I forget what it's defensive. called. I don't remember. Um, Sor- don't is his Soresu? Is that him? I'm trying to remember. I, can't I, remember. I know that between the the, the 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 group we got here, someone knows for sure. Someone because will I know help that us. a lot of the the canon books about Obi Wan and things, which again we'll delve more into next week. Like they talk about how he just drills the fundamentals, drills the fundamentals, drills the <clears> fundamentals, because it's not about overly offensive combat. It's not about like stylistic double. Set. It's just he is rooted. He is a rock. He's like an earthbender in a way. Of like I am four three. Thank you, Jared. Um, yeah, and I and I love that he got to break that a little bit and just take him down. And that that scene, I I really I really hope I know I know the words don't matter and blah blah blah. blah but I hope that the genre ness of this show doesn't get in the way of the power of that performance. Um, and it gets it was really remembered good. Later it was on. it was, was. I feel like it's absolute peak, Ewan McGregor. Like yes. 
really was. I mean, Ewan's been involved in a lot of projects. I mean, I think his performance in Moulin Rouge is literally one of his best performances of any film he's ever been. It's utterly phenomenal in that film, and I think this rivals that easily. Like, oh, I know we absolutely. all, I know we, I know we all love him because he's Ewan McGregor and our Star Wars hero from childhood and everything. But seriously, his performance in this show and the emotion in his face and the close-ups, like. Like you can't fake that shit, man. Like he's just really there, and I feel yeah, it. I yeah. feel it in his face. The pain between him and Anakin. I know we're all big fans here, but seriously, <laughs> I think he absolutely no. killed it. The oh, whole yeah. show. Yeah. Like yeah. there, was, there yeah. wasn't a single moment where Ewan specifically took me out of the show. It felt like I was I was watching Obi Wan Kenobi. Like without yes. a doubt. Yeah, I think it was a uh, Camille Nanjiani made a great point about that when he was like getting interviewed early on for the show, and they were like. You know, what was it like? And he's like, I remember I went on set one day and I was like, oh, I'm talking to you and McGregor, having a good time. And then they say action. And then I see Obi-Wan Kenobi walk to me. And I'm like, <clears throat> like there, there's just a difference. And I yeah. think we saw it so much mm. here. Um, but of course, not the only thing that happened in the episode. One of the biggest ones. We also had, you know, amazing Owen and Baru sawed off shotgun rednecks d defending their home, um, which was great. <laughs> but I want to ask you guys about Reva. Um, obviously, a character that's gone back and forth for some folks. We've really liked her on this show, especially getting her backstory last week. I already have two Funkos pre-ordered. <laughs> like, we know what we're doing. Um, but I want to ask you guys about her final act here. Um, her decision to spare Luke, abandon the Inquisitor life, literally throw it on the lightsaber. Um... How'd you like the Reva Redemption story? And, and just pure speculation, what do you think might be next for Reva as a character, mm -hmm. both in the universe and maybe also as far as just projects go? Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of this character arc. I feel like her story from start to finish, now that we've seen the whole thing, is very good and very interesting and is a much more interesting Inquisitor story than we've ever gotten before, in my opinion. You know, we got a yeah. we got a similar yeah. kind of a tr Inquisitor story in the Jedi Fallen Order game. We got a sim similar kind of Inquisitor story with uh, the Grand Inquisitor, whatever his name was, when he was a Jedi, and we got the whole arc in Rebels, right? Like, we have, we have a couple of different Inquisitor arcs now, right? And I think this one yeah. is the most interesting to me. Like, like, especially with the parallels with Vader and having been trained by him personally and all this kind of stuff like like i liked her character arc i like that she couldn't do it in the end yeah. like because i didn't think it made a whole lot of sense for her why would she want to go back and kill luke it doesn't make it's just like vengeance yep. and revenge because yeah maybe this guy this kid is somehow important to who vader is and yeah. like mm -hmm. i gotta he's part of the mission. story this is all i've done this is all I've yeah been exactly to do. Like, all i do is like ah. i'm gonna i'm gonna do it's like why it's like she's just so unhinged and it's a beautiful arc and i don't know where it's gonna go now i love that obi-wan gave her the choice of like mm -hmm. your path is what you make it now that was just really a beautiful touch to her story arc and I liked it a lot. Like I can see, I can see some of the criticism of Reba's performance as a character and how that would rub people wrong in some ways, like with her acting and the way that she's kind of unhinged. And I people didn't like that. I, and I guess maybe some of that is valid. I liked it a lot. I thought it fit her yeah. story well. Um, but her moment you know, I think, of realization here when she was like <clears throat> literally crying and trying to find words, and Obi Wan's just like, "You're good." It was well You're acted okay. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I liked I liked it a lot. So you know, when um, it, not not to make it about Ewan, but uh, when she said like she's failed them, talking about the other Padawans, and he says you've honored oh. them. That was mm -hmm. another one of those oh. lines that really hit me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. I love that 
Riva still with us because I think there's a lot more interesting story we can tell with that character. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people felt that way with was was it the fourth sister? I, is that which sister it was from order. Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, or second yeah. sister. Second, second sister. sister. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people yep. felt that way about that character. They felt like it was a shame that she died because that was a really interesting story, and we can get something very similar here with Reva. So, well, I'd come love on. Was she that. was she stabbed in the stomach though in Fallen Order? Because as we know now, uh, that doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's fair. You're fine. I will. I will <laughs> say. I think. I think that the character was acted incredibly well i agree with you the one the one small thing where i'm like i don't know this 100 adds up to me i i i didn't understand like you're saying Corey, why what killing luke was going to achieve mm-hmm. in her mind yeah and she was unhinged yeah. in the moment like you're saying i like that word yeah. i mean maybe it doesn't make sense like maybe mm-hmm. she's just that crazy in that moment. Like, yeah. but that that didn't fully line up for me. I'm glad, obviously, that she didn't do it. I liked how they had it happen too. I loved that she the saw herself. Yeah. That was herself. Yeah. Like was she incredible. couldn't herself really to do good. it. And I also love just one more shot at all these people saying the showrunners don't know what they're doing. Everyone's like, oh, so Luke's just going to get kidnapped by someone with a red lightsaber and not remember it in, in 10 years or whatever. No, that's not what happened. He never saw her. He thought it was Tuskins. Like, they did it perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they did. And, oh, yeah, one more thing. I'm so sorry. I'm talking a lot. I love that Obi-Wan didn't have to stop her. I love yeah, that she too. stopped herself. Yes. Me too. That was me important. Too. I want to come back and talk yeah. about Owen and, and Brew in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it was a really good idea to have that, um, have that different perspective as an inquisitor because all the inquisitors that we've seen, not all of them, but most of them, have been just like Empire officials. Yeah, they are very steadfast. They don't have any kind of opinions. They go with, like with orders. And she was completely. She had. She was askew. So she yeah. had different beliefs. She like when she go unhinged. So that I think when she was going after Luke, she was like that was the final straw. Something that she can hurt Anakin with because she's been hurt so bad is is by killing Luke and then or maiming Luke, doing something. Even though he doesn't know that Luke is his son, he'll eventually know. Mm-hmm. He'll yeah. find out mm-hmm. sometime. So I thought that was a great. I, I think that was a great part to put in there. And she's a great character. Yeah. Um, but. Fortunately, I don't really care much for her redemption arc. Over, really? Uh, over, yeah, over the the main redemption, we're seeing a Vader. I mean, this is like sure. a small redemption story for the main redemption story that we're trying to see here. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen it more more often recently. Maybe that's why I'm kind of numb to it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I... I like to. I don't know if I'd like to see another show about it, but I, I definitely read about what happens from here or where happens between what happened between her as like leaving the the um, leaving the reading Coruscant and then becoming an Inquisitor. That would be pretty interesting yeah, to read about. Cool. Yeah. Um, but the redemption story here, I mean, I mean, not for me, but. I mean, she was a great, great actress for sure. Yeah, I would. I want to know how she got to the Inquisitors. That's what I'm most interested in. Because Anakin yeah, killed her, like, and then she pretended her? to be dead. How did she? Yeah. How did she get there? Yeah, and I, I can get behind that. I mean, I, I think I think the few points. There's like two categories of criticism about Riva. There's like this over here, crazy, far out there, ridiculous, which is just kind of racist commentary, right? But you also have like, you know, so there is some legitimate people kind of have iffy moments about her. She, to me, is like, like, 
a little like Jen Urso in Rogue One to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was not crazy about Felicity Jones's performance the first time I saw Rogue One. Like there's something about just her neutralness that didn't really quite fit with all the action and you know some of that kind of stuff that I just didn't really love her as a character. But I'm now that I've seen that so many times at this point, I'm completely numb to the performance at this point. I don't give a shit about it. And now I just love the character and the story. And mm-hmm. I've learned mm-hmm. to adapt my perception to what I see on screen in a way. And now I love that. And I think. I think Riva's personality and her story arc is just so weird and different from anything we've ever seen before that like I think it rubbed people wrong in in some ways but I think once we finally get some more of those details filled in later on like you say then I think it'll make a lot more sense and is that a little annoying to have to do in a TV show yeah sure of course it is but like at the same time, that's also the joy of the Star Wars universe is it all yeah. doesn't, you don't have to get every, you don't have to be spoon fed every single tiny little detail. Like just because here's this new character, you don't need her life story and who her parents right. were. And like, yeah. you know, what her Zodiac sign is. You don't need all that shit. Right. Like you yeah. just, this she is, even though we will find Leo. out. I know yeah. Listen, yeah. this show, this show was about, this show was about Obi-Wan and Vader and Reva helped us tell that story. All right. And that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the point of that. That's the point that's of her, point. that's the point of her character arc. And, you know, I think it leaves a lot to be wanting, but I personally, I like walking away from a show without every single thing being answered. Like, like Tala, for example, uh, it's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hurt in a little way that, you know, they introduced this cool character. She seems like she's got an interesting story. She's undercover empire. We haven't seen that in, in anything really very often. I love that like, show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. We haven't, we haven't got that yet. <laughs> undercover empire. Yeah. Uh, but then they killed that. her, they killed her off. Right. And that was a little dissatisfying in a lot of ways. Right. We have this cool and interesting character and they kill off and yes, you don't want, you know, you don't want to, all the shows to be, you know, all the characters to be, you know, so steadfast, you can't kill them off, but it is also a little disappointing that you introduce and kill off a character. So I appreciate that they left someone with an open-ended story that can later be expanded on. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see where she goes. Obviously would love to see Moses Ingram back to do it in live action, Same. but if they do do some Reva stuff in a comic or a book, please Lucasfilm, uh, Marvel, whatever, hire a black woman to write it. <laughs> There would be great at it. Let black women tell black women stories. I think it'd be great. Uh, but obviously, if we can get Moses back on screen, if she's got some time, all about it. Now, Corey, you did mention this before. Let's go to our favorite, you know, <clears throat> living in the dirt road, just living on their farm and ready to beat anyone that comes, Owen and Baru. <laughs> you want to talk about characters that are getting a little bit of an upgrade when I watch New Hope next time? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I'm seeing Baru in the kitchen <laughs> being like, she's got at least four guns hidden in that kitchen. Yes. Oh, my I God. I loved them in this episode. And, I mean, the whole Same. series. But this one, this was obviously their, their scene to shine. And I thought both of them were just... I, I I completely believe that Luke is going to be fine. No, just with the two of them. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. I think, I think it's what we were supposed to learn. Yeah. And look yeah. at what we learned about Baru. I, I liked that Baru was kind of the one taking the lead in that scenario, yeah. right? Like, she tossed the gun to to Owen. I kind of wasn't even sure if he knew that those guns were stashed where they were. Like, it kind of seemed like he was like, what are you doing? Um, It's like, yeah, guns in the wall here. It's like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but it makes sense too because think about what we know about Baru from uh, like the Queens trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. Now with like the White Sons and Uh and stuff like that. So that's what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and even all the way back to the movie, like she's the one that says he's not a farmer, Owen. Like she, she is the yeah. one that's yeah, being like. I know. He's, that's a good point. She's that's a good point from day one. Yes, and they, and they don't they didn't have to retcon anything with this either too because what you nope. bring up I didn't even realize that until you said that I think 
you, it was you that said that, Charles. That he's Luke has never seen a lightsaber. He never saw the lightsaber, right? Like, right. He never did. In, yeah, he never saw the lightsaber, and he kind of is that how he got knocked unconscious? Did he fall? Is that, she, is that she used the force him. and essentially tripped him? And he was like, "Oh, I'm a child." Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she, he didn't even like really even experience the force either, right? I, I mean, know. like, yeah, they handled that beautifully. Yeah, and also, yeah. I, you also have to appreciate the kind of hilarity that is Owen and Baru kicking ass. Like, yeah, yeah. it's hilarious, and the yeah. internet has just been on fire. My favorite meme that anybody has shared is uh, is this. I'm going to read you this tweet. It says, "This isn't. It's showing. It's showing burned like the bodies, the graphic skeletal bodies that are weirdly in a new hope. God. That is, yeah. Yeah. it's still kind of weird. Okay, it's showing that picture, and it says." This this picture isn't Owen and Baru. It's two stormtroopers that Baru beat the shit out of and stole their uniforms. <laughs> they now roam the they now roam the galaxy as soldiers of fortune. If you need help and you can find them, maybe you can hire the Baru crew. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, like that's pretty good. Yeah, that was Why one not? of my when I watched this episode and I, I came to you know hang out with my friends, talk about Kenobi or whatever. We like one of the. One of the, like the bullet points I made is I loved when Ovin smacked the shit out of Reva. That was hilarious yep. and fantastic and great. I love it. I, I, I like seeing kind of badass Owen and Baru. I didn't think we were going to get that in this show. Like, yeah. yeah, they didn't they didn't have to go there, but it was done well. And like they're fighting somebody with a lightsaber that's obviously so much stronger with them. So they have to be clever and like fighting also, with a sawed off shotgun <laughs> also though Baru was like the the superior uh fighter like not only was she the one that had the guns stash and stuff did y'all notice like owen was like kicking flower pots down at yeah, uh Reba, yeah. and it's like oh what are you doing bro like, she did like a sneak attack jump like a jump attack i'm like yeah, yeah i know i, 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 I love i love the i love the the telling uh luke that is tuscans too that was really yeah. interesting and clever so smart like so yeah. smart yeah, so I loved them. Uh, Luke's gonna be just fine. It opens up Obi Wan to go on other stories if he wants, which I think is I never thought we'd ever get to. We all talked exhaustively before the show happened that we didn't think that was possible, but I think they did it really well. And then of course we got the second family uh, that we see at the end, the Organas. Uh, I mean, one of my personal families, one of my personal favorite families on my favorite planet. Uh, just I, I loved everything about the little mini reunion we had. You know, Leia wearing Tala's holster with Lola in it now. Oh, that was such so a great good. touch. So and then, good. Like, <laughs> and, and, and also, like, Obi-Wan, I know, obviously, I love Bale. That's my old thing. But Obi-Wan and Bale hugging, I thought, was such a great callback to, like, some of the Legends things that they've had with, like, the, the adventures that they, they went on that not a lot of people know about. Like, these guys are legit wartime friends. And yeah. I think that this... Can, this strengthening the bond of Obi-Wan and Bale and of the Organas as a whole is so important and in, a, in an episode of great speeches Obi-Wan's talk to Leia about I told you I didn't know your parents but here's how amazing your mother and your father were and it's kind of like him eulogizing Padme and Anakin to the only one that can actually understand it and I thought that was oh, that was great and Vivian Lee Blair I mean we, we haven't mentioned her at all in this episode yet but I mean this this little girl is is a she freaking powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, she killed it. She was the the shocking, I think, character highlight for me out of the whole show. Yep. Is like yep. how utterly phenomenal she played this character as a what ten year old girl. Like, I yeah. mean, Eric, how much acting experience did you have when you were ten years old? Like, uh, I mean, oh, and she was she was eight when they started filming. Yes, she was I mean, younger. That's no, 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 crazy. I, I could remember a sentence. That no. that age, like it's she, she totally was, killed it. 
one yeah. of the best one of the best yeah. like child performances seriously i feel like i've ever seen in in a tv yep. show like for her age is just nuts and i love that she yeah. was so into it too like all the photos that i've seen online of, of her and like tweets like she seems so happy and like yeah like it's so fun for her and like no she doesn't realize how big it is <laughs> that this yeah. has happened and uh but it's it's great i loved her yeah and what a great way to end it too to be like we get to see that Obi-Wan's still alive. We get to acknowledge, hey, I'd love to see you, but we can't because then it might be dangerous. So, like, even if they never see each other again, it totally makes sense now. It's 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 a really nice way to, to kind of send her off. And again, now Leia becomes that character that's like the Leia we see in Princess of Alderaan, mm -hmm. which takes place, I think, less, like, five or six years later um, when she's a younger teenager. Like, we get to see that expand into there. And I really, I really loved just everything this did for her um in the moment of course, <clears throat> the yeah. moment with uh the moment where she where he told uh her well, little leia about her parents mm. was yep. heartbreaking holy smokes yep. was heartbreaking yeah. i loved it Their gifts i mean from your father mm. yeah. yeah i love that <laughs> like i love that the organas let it happen too like obviously yep. that i mean you know that was uh yeah, that's true a little bit of a yeah. butthole clinching moment for them probably it's like <laughs> oh shit you know like <laughs> yeah it was it was beautiful though it was a beautiful moment between them and like it was such a nice closure to their relationship and we don't really know if they ever meet again like maybe in, in canon storytelling maybe they'll go there again i don't know uh it doesn't yeah. really seem like it this seems like a nice closure to the story between obi-wan and leia but yeah i thought it concluded beautifully <laughs> yeah i think they did a really good job of just closing loose ends that they've opened up and episode one or part mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. so um they did masterful masterful yeah. <clears throat> they left and they left it open to where if they want to meander with novels comics tv show yeah. even yep. they, yeah, they can whatever. do that too so i also want to point out that uh i thought they did a good job of showing how mature leia was but also still giving her those kid moments so it's not it's not like it was unbelievable right that a kid yeah. could feasibly be this mature and the one that got me in this episode let me tell you is when obi-wan arrived on alderaan and he like steps out and he's like so happy to see her and then lola comes out too and she's like Lola and like runs for the droid rather yeah. than like hugging yeah. Obi-Wan that's total kid move like you oh, show yes. up to a My birthday God. party with the gift and they like just grab the gift and run away and you're like cool great to see you like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that uh, and then of course as we're getting near the end of the episode a uh, couple more things we're going to talk about five words for you guys Ben you want to meet him <laughs> just 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 carve my heart open yeah. at this moment and like one joel edgerton what a great job playing owen all these years later understated you can see him figuring out is this a good idea is it not a good idea mm -hmm. and then we get freaking straight up obi-wan mythos statue goggles yes, Kenobi, goggles. Yeah. um <laughs> walking over and and oh my god him. what a great it was such a, it was such a short conversation <laughs> it was a nice thing and it makes it yeah it also makes it clear that like like luke doesn't have much of an interaction with him right so at, nope. when at the when at the table like they're talking in episode four they're talking about the droids and he's like do you think he might meet old old ben kenobi you think they're related? Like that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all he knows, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, my, my dad's friend from when I was ten. Is that him? Yeah, that old oh, guy. That, that, that's just a crazy old <laughs> wizard. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was great, and I love that he ha he let him have the toy too. We got to see the closure yeah. of that, like from earlier. Good. The little little uh, what's this thing? What's the thing called? Uh, 
the tea. Shit, he, he talks about it. It's what Luke says. I used to bullseye womp rats with back home. What, 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 what is that? I thought it was 216. Yeah. No. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Is that what the stormtroopers are talking about all the time? Is this thing that Luke plays with in episode four? Is that the T sixteen? That's the T sixteen, but I no, I no, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, now, that's see, a T sixteen. Now you stumped everybody. Right? I think the stormtroopers are talking about something else. <laughs> yeah, I think so anyway. too. Anyway, 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 yeah, that was it. Was it was great? It was cool. Finally getting to see the dang goggles too, because that was like in some promo stuff. So in the statue, yeah, yeah yep. that was great. Yep. That was great. Love that moment. Love that we got that little bit of, of care. They saved the hello there for the perfect moment. Yes. It, it, oh it God, didn't it feel so memed. It didn't feel like no, a, a, a joke. Done. It was just like, and they nailed it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Charles, we've Charles. lost my we've lost my video because someone was just calling me. But um, yeah, no, <laughs> but it's okay, you man. can still hear me. So yes, the the thing about it is they actually didn't do a ton of like callbacks that they could have done because I'm not going to lie when Vader was standing over the hole that he threw Obi-Wan in I was sure he was going to make a comment about the high ground <laughs> now I have and the high ground so yeah. right. and it's How's so right. being down low loser right. <laughs> we got the high ground now oh, yeah. yeah it's it, but it's so good that they didn't and they yeah. saved it for really important moments will I ever see you again right from Leia echoing uh-huh. what Anakin oh. asked me Hello yep. there. Like, I mean, they really, they did just the right amount for me. And I'm sure people feel different yeah. ways, but it was well yep. done, I think. I, there wasn't yes. a single moment that I felt like was, was eye-rolling fan service to me. Not a yeah, single completely. one. Like, exactly. like, like uh, I, I famously did not like when Luke lifted the X-Wing out of the ocean in The Rise of Skywalker. I hated that scene. It felt like no, goofy fans. Like, that was way too much, right? Way too much. Like, yep. you know, you just have to do it subtly. And like, you're right, Charles. They totally nailed it. I was absolutely expecting high ground comment yeah. I was absolutely expecting it <laughs> yep. and I didn't we didn't get it because Vader's dead alright like yeah. Vader or uh, Anakin is Anakin's dead right dead. Like, Anakin's yeah. dead so you know Vader doesn't care, care about that yeah for sure yeah <laughs> so we get through all that and then of course the last moment we all knew it was coming <clears throat> whether it was gonna be a voice a ghost but then we get freaking Liam Neeson himself comes in and he, he did an interview this past week about it, it was like yeah of course I wanted to come back this was great um, how how did this land for you guys? It was short. It was sweet. I mean, obviously taking perfect. everyone towards his next chapter. Yeah, I thought this was, it was great. Exactly what it, it should perfect. have been. Yeah. It was perfect. Exactly I, I like that we got to see him. Right? Yes. Like we got to see him. Yes. Like that. Was like every shocking. other. Uh, yeah, Don't me too. I, I wasn't sassy. I wasn't expecting. Yeah, he was sassy, and we got to see him. Like, like you know, it was kind of cool to hear all the voices in The Rise of Skywalker, but I still yeah. wish there would have been Ghost there, man. I wish yeah. there would have been Force Ghost there. I wanted that so bad. And, like, to get him, oh. and he turns around, and he's like, what took you so long? It's like, what is, what is he? what is he talking about here, by the way, guys? Is he talking about Obi-Wan's, like, rejuvenation with the Force? Is that what he's talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, he's like, I've yes, always been here, you I just couldn't it see it. And I think that that's his thing of, like, you you were not connected to the Force wholly, and that's the only <clears> way you can you could have talked to me, is if you were keyed in. Now you're keyed back in, and yeah. now I'm ready to teach you. You know, what? Yeah. what is it? I don't know if this is a book, a comic, or a movie where it's like, you weren't ready to, to be taught is, is, is very much, I feel like, a Jedi thing. <clears> yeah. Of, like, you know, why are we meditating so much? And Padawans <laughs> is like, yeah. after three years, like, cool, you ready to learn now? You know? Yeah, if they didn't try to drive this point home of how Obi-Wan finally opened himself up to the Force to be able to see Qui-Gon not act and to communicate with him, then I would have definitely thought this was fan service. This yeah, was yeah, a fan service moment to throw him in there. But they they added that piece to where, look, you are able to see me now because you have 
you have brought yourself back into the force. You can use the living force, young Padawan, yeah. Yeah. to be able to to be able to communicate with me. And now you can teach others to do the same. Well, and it was <laughs> actually a big deal. I, I want to rewind for a second. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I, it was a big deal to show Obi-Wan's, or goodness, Qui-Gon's force ghost because it had always <laughs> kind of been insinuated, if not explicitly stated somewhere, that Qui-Gon figured out how to keep his... Uh, I don't know, I don't want to say personality, but like his self kind of within the greater force, but mm-hmm. he was just figuring it out. So he didn't kind of fully have his form, whereas Yoda continued to learn from him, he did, right? Obi-Wan continued mm-hmm. to learn, he did. I think that's in something. We never have seen his <laughs> force ghost actually pop up, but we did hear. Is it in, from a certain point of view? I think it's from a certain point of view. The Master and Apprentice story by Claudia well. Gray. It may I be. meant to reread this before this episode, but a lot of people have been talking about it. And Alex Damon actually did a um, an episode on it over in Star Wars Explained. It was like a short... Um, but but yeah, that but that could imply that it's not just the Force user who died and is a part of the Force that's yeah, in charge right. of that. It could also have to do with the person perceiving them. Maybe Luke yeah. is part of the reason he was able to see his father again and Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. Yoda at the end of, of Rat J. Like, maybe yeah. there's Ooh. more of that aspect. Hold, please. Yes. Page 82, <laughs> uh, if you're following along in your hymnals. Uh, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. It says... Qui-Gon had been, has been summoned. He draws upon his memories of himself and takes shape, reassembling the form he last had in life. It seems to him that he feels flesh wrap around bones, hair and skin over flesh, robes over skin, and then as naturally to him as though he had done so yesterday, he pulls down the hood of his Jedi cloak and looks upon his Padawan. Mm. Mm. And although, this is later, because Obi-Wan has white hair at this point, right, so this is right. later down the road. So, I think you're absolutely right, Charles. It took him a while to get there. We knew he was eventually going to get there talking to old Obi-Wan, but it's good to know now in the timeline he had gotten there by this point. Yeah. Yeah. What do y'all make of his comment? Sorry, Corey. About like there's a ways to go. Like home? Like to get back to your cave? Like, or (laughs) is there more stuff that's going to happen? He's a lot we to moved. learn. He has a lot, a lot to, learn, to learn, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, a lot to yeah. learn about, like, his role in this whole story. Like, his role in what, what the future holds. Like, his his role in his responsibility to Luke. Because he, I mean, he did tell, he did tell uh, Owen earlier in the show that Luke must be trained, right? Like, he said yes. Luke, Luke yeah. must be trained. So, like, it kind of implies that it's Obi-Wan's intention to, as soon as Luke starts showing, as, Obi- as Owen said, like... Obi-Wan's going to take him and make him be a Jedi, right? That's kind of how it's yep. implied. And that is not what we see Obi-Wan do in episode four at all. Like, Obi-Wan is very much a passive observer. Like, I'm just here yeah. to kind of point you in the right direction. And I think that's what Qui-Gon is talking about, is what he knows because of his connection to the Force. This is the, what the future holds. So, yep. good question, Time Charles. We're back I, in I, school, I've, I've, been thinking, I've been thinking about that one, too, about, <laughs> yeah. like, what, what is he talking about with the... Uh, with this is a ways to go. Yeah. And I also, love- it could just be a hell of a long way to this little hut where he's going <laughs> to live <laughs> he's, yeah. been, he's been living in a cave. He packed up his cave, right? So he's going to... Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going to go find somewhere hut. new. Yeah. He's got to find his new rental, man. Property value is rough. They got a lot of people just buying up all the caves on Tatooine and turning them into Airbnbs. Um, but I do like the idea, uh, as Inzane Membrane says in the chat, you know, if we get a second season, I want to see Obi-Wan doing the same adventure that Yoda did in the Clone Wars, like trying to figure out how to commune. I mm-hmm. think that's cool. And I think even if we even if we don't, because we might be done with this. And I, and I want to go further into this next week as we kind of get a little more speculative on the series mm-hmm. as a whole. 
I think even if we get no more Obi-Wan content, this gives us a little nudge to know that he was going to learn how to do this. So when he comes back in Empire, it makes sense how he got yeah. there. Mm -hmm. It makes it like everything makes sense. I know you, you, we've said this a bunch during this episode, especially you, Corey, <clears throat> like all the canon stuff now just makes sense. Yeah. Not that it didn't make it's, sense earlier, but now it's just a little tighter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, and the last, the last comment I want to have about Qui-Gon is, uh, John Jackson Miller tweeted out this week, which is fantastic. He's the original writer of the Kenobi book, the, the legends Kenobi book, which was really one of the last, last, uh, you know, legends books to be written. It's pretty new still. I think it was like 20, 12 or something like that is when this book came out like it's still pretty new I think yeah. um, he tweeted that I've said that Obi-Wan Kenobi coexists cleanly the show co coexists cleanly with my Kenobi novel which was set far earlier but even more gratifying is it aligns perfectly with the major story choice we made in the book readers will know which one and that's what he's talking about he's talking about the decision to wait to make Qui-Gon not show up in Obi-Wan's life until much later and um, he references his blog farawaypress.com and he has a lot of really he's told us about this when he in, when we interviewed with him and uh, Legends Look Back has also interviewed him you gotta go find the, that that episode of like there was a lot of talk amongst the writers at the time of they coordinated like how Qui-Gon was gonna show up with Obi-Wan's story so it's cool that that you know we talked about this a lot and uh, you know we're gonna do a full episode I think on the Living Force all about Kenobi the show and how it yep, fits in the canon and all that kind of stuff but um, it's really cool to see even the author John Jackson Miller who followed and tweeted weekly about the Kenobi episodes how much he loved it uh, it's cool to see that this book still exists beautifully with the show and like maybe we don't have to take it out of our recommendations for first reads anymore because it does exist so it doesn't so Charles you, you won the argument right there hey, you know like, yeah, yeah. I'll take credit yeah, yeah. for something I had no part in if the author himself says that this book exists perfectly with this TV show and in no way is a problem, then I mean, there you have it. There you have it. If you so, this is my new answer because my my old answer was like pick up Kenobi if you want a familiar character and you want to taste the legends. Now my answer was how did you feel about the Kenobi TV show? Did you like it? If so, I have this really great book that I think you'll like that exists perfectly with the show. So. Mm -hmm. It's 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 really cool to see that from the author, and that is something we were all a little bit worried about with this. Not yeah. worried; it's not the right word, but we knew it could be retconned, and that would make people mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah. looking good, or redone, yeah, or, or redone. Redoing the yeah. story, which we didn't need. Nah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and then and then that that leads us off quite literally into the sunset uh, to see where it comes next, and there might be more. There might be it might be done. I'm, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy has said. We're open to it, and I mean, come on, let's be realistic. If something makes money and people want to do it, they're gonna keep making it. So we'll see. We I got can't so believe much that. By the way, that's insane that to me that, that she to said even that. Even making an option, yeah. yes, to, to even openly option. say that that it's even an option yeah. is just you and said what, too. What era is this of Star Wars that we live in where like they can bring back characters like Hayden and in you and and yep. you know do one successful TV show then like. Eh, no, it went pretty well. I think we'll do another. Like, yeah. come on. Like, that is just like, give I, it to me. <laughs> I think Ewan said, too, in a magazine that he would love to come back and do one of these, like, every five or ten years or he something. He did. He's like, I mean, oh, yeah, let's keep going. Give me more, like, man. Why not? And we did get, we did get... The Emperor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the Emperor yeah, right I forgot about we that. Left, okay, yeah. Right? We didn't. We have to talk about that scene for a moment because that was such a clever conclusion to the Obi-Wan-Darth-Vader arc of, like, 
Vader is sitting in his chair and he's like, don't worry, master. We're going to find him. We're going to do everything we can. Yeah. I'm going to send out all the troops. I'm going to find him, you know? And yep. the emperor is like, is your loyalty to me or is it to Obi-Wan? I thought we had left your past in the past. Is this a sign of weakness? And he's like, what if you instead didn't? Exactly. <laughs> Obi-Wan is living in Vader's head rent free. And that is what, is that that's what's keeping uh -huh. him that that little bit yeah. of good within him is yeah. in there because Obi-Wan is yeah. in there just torture yeah. but his and master is also German. using it he's using yeah. it to torture yeah. him he's using oh, it to torture yeah. him that I have this power over you like yeah I love that yeah. I love that and it also perfectly explains perfectly explains why why didn't Vader just go find Obi-Wan and all this time it perfectly explains that right we don't need to know now because the Emperor is using it to control Vader yeah. right holding Vader's leash as yeah. it were, and I, uh, I love, I love Ian McDermott just coming into Star Wars every couple of years. This one, I bet they're like, okay, you don't really need that many hours in the makeup chair at this point. You're kind of old, man. I love you. This yeah. looks like straight up Ian McDermott in a hood, and I'm like, great, excellent. I'm glad you got it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, so I think that I agree. If there is more Obi Wan to come, I think you would make sense. I don't think we'll get Hayden again I mean if they can fit him in maybe but I, I truly do think in my heart of hearts this show happened because they had a good enough story that they pitched <clears> and they made it happen if there's not yeah. a good enough story we're not going to get it for a while and that's right. okay because there's so much coming down the pipe obviously I mean Andor starts in less than two months from today that's right like, that's right there is so much content on the way that they're going to wait until they got the scripts and they got the narrative that can work but from what we see, I want, I want, I want to give. If Hayden comes back, I want to give him more of a chance to be like the goofy, cringy Hayden, Hayden that we had in Attack of the Clones. Like, I want like a, I want like uh -huh. a, like a Clone Wars, a live action Clone Wars episode or something like that. Like, I really do want something live action Clone Wars. Like, I would love oh, to yeah. get like some special troopers Clone Wars or something like that. But like, mm -hmm. you could maybe bring Hayden back for that. Maybe he just has a cameo. He leads a bunch of troops in the battle. But please give him a terrible line. Give him something <laughs> awful and bad. You've like, become just the do very it. thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> All right. I, I love know, it. Like, hey, Hayden, here's the thing. You know how people made fun of you for 25 years because of the dialogue and you're just now kind of psychologically Listen, realizing now that? Now it's a meme. We have a new one for you. <laughs> now it's a meme. All right, so now you have to do it. Yeah, like he would probably think it was funny at this point now all these years. You know, like, he's, uh, he's, he's been to therapy, yeah. so now he can, now he can <laughs> talk, therapy, now he can talk about it. He can cry into his $100 bills. I know, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll see if that happens. <clears throat> but I do know, uh, as we said, guys, the next show coming up is going to be Andor. Less than two months. Uh, that is going to be two when months. Returns. Can you believe that? <laughs> two months. We only have two, two months. months until the next live action show, and it's Andor, yep. a show that we've known about literally forever. They announced this project way too early, and we've known about this for like how many? Yeah. Like two years now. I'm not like, going to be done about... talking about this one. With the next I know. <laughs> two That's months. Exactly it, man. And the teaser trailer for Andor was so freaking yes, good. Everybody so was good. so excited. It's going to be Rogue One vibes. Rogue One writers. Rogue One cast, Mon Mothma taking over, bonk, bonk, thirsty Twitter. I'm ready for it, um, but also not ready at all. My Obi-Wan Funkos, I think, will be here two weeks before Andor starts, so that's where I am. Um, I, uh, oh, man. <clears throat> I can't wait, and we'll be back for that every weekend. Again, recapping, I hope they don't just drop like three episodes in a row to start, uh, but we'll be oh, back wow. for that. 
And of course, we'll be back every single Monday night doing the Living Force. And as a last reminder, a week from tomorrow, which will be July, oh, the 4th of July. Oh, my goodness. We'll have a 4th of July show uh, talking about Obi-Wan in its entirety. Uh, talking about a little more um, canon book stuff uh, to kind of get your full ideas on that. But, fellas, it has been another great season of Bounty Hunt. Uh, any any final thoughts before we take less than two months off and do it again? This one's going to be hard to beat. Yes. Yeah. This is a damn good show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I like has set the bar program. so high. God. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think all of us are pretty much in agreement that this has been our favorite and is the best live action show we've had so far. And if this is yeah. like it took them this long to meet this standard, then like we're here. I mean, Mandalorian season one was really was fantastic. Mandalorian yeah, season two was knocked our socks off. Boba Fett was kind of the iffy. They took they took some risk and didn't pay off in some small ways. And mm -hmm. then we got this show. And like, if this is what it took us to get to Andor, and then the Ahsoka show, that everything else that's coming, it's oh just my like God. Skeleton live action. Crew. I don't even I don't even care about a film at this point. Literally, if they announced no. if they if, if yeah. they announced tomorrow Whatever. and showed us a teaser trailer trailer for uh, Rogue Squadron, I'd be like, eh, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it, just like all comes. the other things. But like. They've just gotten, and that's such a testament to just how good the TV is. It's just every week yeah. we get to talk yeah. about it, and the pacing's good. And we, we, I love that it's not all binge released. Like, it's just Star Wars live action TV is the era that we're in right now, and we're probably going to be here for a while because they just keep doing it so, so, so well. So, yeah. Man, they killed it. The show is so good. We didn't manage yeah. our expectations at all. And they no, it was amazing. I, didn't love it. I also want to say that literally everything that I predicted was going to happen that I was kind of like hoping was going to be in there literally happened. Like all of them did. Loved it. Freaking hoping one Kenobi over here and he nailed it. <clears throat> uh, and let's not also forget that there is season two of The Bad Batch. Tells the Jedi is also coming out this year. All that stuff's coming out this year. Uh, never sleep on a Wednesday again. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's Star Wars time. <laughs> but my goodness. On that 10 out of 10 note, I will say, amazing show. We're going to talk about it more in a week, but for right now, my friends, that'll do it. For this season of Bounty Hunt, keep your eyes out for our next hunt. We'll be diving into episode one of the Cassian Andor television show. My gosh. A special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Keep telling us all your thoughts about Obi-Wan in our Discord community at utini.com slash Discord. And follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and all of us individually for our thoughts about all things Star Wars at Eric Eilerson, at Corey M. Helton, at C. Hankel, and at Boss Wes. Until next time, we are sorry for all of it. <gasps> You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.